right. Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Clark from the Center for Weight Loss Success. Today in Losing Weight USA, I'm going to talk about fasting. Um, fasting is basically just not eating. Okay, there I said it. But there's a little more to it than that. So we're going to go in through some of the details of this. How can it be helpful, not only for weight loss, but also can it be helpful as far as in part of an overall health plan? All right, welcome to Losing Weight USA, real-time answers to your weight loss questions, as well as a little bit of expert advice. Gives you direct access not only to me, but you should be receiving the health tips and recipes via the membership portal. Each webinar will last about a half hour or so. If you have questions, type them in during the presentation into the chat box. We'll get to them at the end. Um, if you think of things once we're all done, just give us a yell here at the Center for Weight Loss Success, the email is success at cfws.com, phone number 757-873-1880. And I do encourage people, make sure you're getting into that membership site. We keep adding more and more things in there. All right, so we're talking about fasting, okay? Let me flip the slides here, I can do that. All right, now I say this over and over again, so I guess we need to say it at least one more time because I talk about this all the time. It, controlling health is controlling insulin levels. That's an oversimplification, but it really is true. Controlling health is controlling insulin levels. You can say controlling weight is controlling insulin levels. Weight just being a part of overall health. So it's kind of really looking at the big picture of how all the different ways to control insulin levels. And I've kind of listed them out there. Intermittent fasting basically goes along with meal timing, which I talk about all the time. Meal timing, very important. Meal timing, fasting is just extending the time between meals. That's the major way of how it works. And it's during our not eating times that we have our lowest insulin levels. So lots of different ways to help control insulin. And for any one individual, the priority of all these different ways may be in a different order, right? but they're important to everyone. That's low calorie, low carb, exercise, quality sleep, controlling stress, and meal timing. This, we're hitting meal timing as intermittent fasting is a part of that. All right, so that's just a quick overview there. So now fasting really is just a pattern of eating or not eating, if you want to call it that. Fasting is a part of it, just a pattern of eating, whether you're eating or you're not eating. And fasting has been around forever. Just previously, and not these modern times, but back old times, okay, as humans were much younger, so to speak, in the, in the big scheme of things, food was also very scarce. So fasting was probably a part of life in that literally there wasn't food available all the time. So you ate when food was available, and unfortunately you were fasting when food wasn't so available. So food's pretty much available nowadays. So not so much as far as the food scarcity, but literally fasting has been around forever, and we really just need to think of fasting. Intermittent fasting is just a pattern of eating. That's all it is. So the question really then comes in, is it just a form of a fad diet? Okay. Are any, or are there any very real health benefits? And could it actually really help with weight loss? Okay. Fasting, just going to back off and digress here for a second. Fasting is not a weight loss plan. 
fasting can be part of an overall health plan. Okay? But kind of as far as looking at that, is this a fad diet or not? I really want to look first, is it fasting or starvation? What are we talking about there? Fasting is different than starvation. We need, we need to set that up, kind of some of the ground rules with fasting. Fasting is not starvation. It's generally saying, oh, fasting, you mean you want me to starve myself? Well, no. Fasting is choosing not to have your next meal. I know where the next meal's coming. I know how to get my next meal. I'm choosing to delay it. Starvation is a whole different thing. Starvation is, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I don't know whether it's going to be tomorrow, one next day, the next day after that. Those are two different things. Fasting versus starvation. Fasting, we're delaying a known meal. Starvation is, I have no idea when my next meal is actually coming. Now, fasting really came into vogue back, you know, 60 years ago or so. Okay. Now, again, fasting has been around forever. Okay, but it really came into vogue where it's kind of, hey, this may be something to it. And part of that is an anecdotal experience in the mid-1960s. A 27-year-old Scotsman weighed a lot, 456 pounds. He went in and saw his doctor, and the doctor took a look at him and said, you know, maybe you ought to skip a few meals. All right. So he did skip him a few meals. Maybe he shouldn't eat for a few days. So he didn't. He did it for 382 days. And he lost 276 pounds. So it works. Now, I'm not expecting, suggesting anyone who should try fasting for 382 days. But literally, it was done safely for 382 days. Over a year. Fasting. Lost a significant amount of weight, 276 pounds. He's basically normal weight now. He drank water, took all his vitamins, a little bit extra salt and potassium because we tend to waste those. Um, and after he stopped fasting, and he stopped fasting because he got to the weight he wanted to be, he only regained 16 pounds in the next five years. So the bottom line is, yes, it can work. Okay, it's kind of come into vogue now. Again, I'm not suggesting anyone try to break the world record, but no matter what. So isn't this just calorie restriction? Zero calories, okay. Um, so is this just the same as, hey, we cut way back on calories instead of kind of a typical diet where we cut back X number of calories, but we're still eating. And now we've cut back way number of calories, all the calories. And is it just calorie restriction? Is that how it works? Now, the answer, short answer is no, that actually isn't how it works. Short-term fasting, in 382 days is not short-term fasting, but short-term fasting, shorter periods of time, as opposed to long-term fasting, which we'll kind of differentiate here in a minute, but short-term fasting actually increases metabolism. Now, inherently, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Why would fasting increase someone's metabolism? Because okay, fat, your body views acute fasting, basically cutting the calories down to nothing, as an acute stress. And acute stress actually can bump up metabolism. If, a, a, an example of that is kind of that fight-or-flight syndrome, meaning, say, 
say a car is barreling down at you and you've got to jump out of the way. Well, at that time you jump out of the way and you're recovering there going, holy crap, I almost died. Your metabolism actually increased significantly, gone way, way up. Now, it doesn't last very long. That's a, But that acute fight or flight syndrome actually bumps up metabolism, which is a survival mechanism. Now, fasting obviously isn't that dramatic, okay? but the concepts are similar there. Acute stress, we tend to actually increase our metabolism. Chronic stress, the exact opposite, is that where if acute stress on goes for longer, longer periods of time, it becomes chronic stress. Chronic stress actually decreases our metabolism. Cortisol levels go up. Now, the other thing that occurs kind of during this acute stress, okay, actually secretion of growth hormone goes up. Talked about this in the growth hormone lecture. But secretion of growth hormone goes up significantly. And growth hormone is a fat-burning hormone. Okay? During a 24-hour fast, growth hormone levels in young people can go up over 100% of what they were, 130% in females, about 200% in males. Now, this works really well in young people. So it's not like, gee, if we, as we get older, okay, does it work quite as well? The answer is no, it doesn't work quite as well. But no matter what, it does help growth hormone go up. And growth, growth hormone typically is a fat-burning hormone. Okay. Fasting also decreases fasting insulin levels. Okay, and that's and we talk about insulin all the time. Insulin, when it's elevated, inhibits fat burning. Okay, which means it acts like fat storing. So you want insulin levels low as possible. Again, goes back to that first part of the discussion here is that insulin levels low as possible makes it much easier to lose weight, to mobilize fat. It also helps improve insulin sensitivity. It increases the acute stress hormones, which I just mentioned. I just didn't name them, the catecholamines, which epinephrine and norepinephrine. Again, that's that fight or flight syndrome. And both of these hormones, okay, epinephrine, norepinephrine, and these molecules, they both activate the hormone-sensitive lipase. Lipase is an enzyme that helps mobilize fat. It helps break down fat, mobilize fat. So it isn't just calorie restriction. Certainly calorie restriction could be part of that because cut calories way down to nothing. So a recent review looking at fasting, kind of fasting and calorie restriction, you know, would they be equal? Okay, you cut back on calories, or if you fast, didn't necessarily cut way back on calories on the days you ate, but just fasted on part of that. Fasting and calorie restriction basically were both effective decreasing body weight. But fasting actually was better at retaining lean body mass. And again, that's growth hormone going up. Helps retain that lean body mass. So overall, kind of yes, decreases calorie intake. It also tends to increase fat burning by acute stress hormones going up as well as growth hormone going up. And it actually helped improve adherence. In this study in particular, it was easier to adhere to the fasting as part of the diet versus, gee, I cut my calories way back. And again, as the example, 382 days, obviously it had to be tolerated. I'm not I'm not saying anyone should do 382 days. So are there then potential other health benefits? 
Right? Well, fasting's really been around, as I mentioned earlier, forever, and there were some pretty smart people back in the you know a couple thousand years ago, Hippocrates, Plutarch being a couple of those, that actually commented on fasting back then. And Hippocrates basically said, to eat when you are sick is to feed your illness. I said, okay, fasting may help with illness. He was a very important man of his day, a physician. Another Plutarch was around that same. Instead of using medicine, fast a day. So it was going to realize that fasting is actually medicine okay? and subsequently then can help with different problems. All right, so if it can help with different problems, what are the potential health benefits of fasting outside of just I'm taking in less calories? Okay. There have been some studies looking at these type of things. Most of these have actually been animal studies, lab rats, kind of where fasting is, it's easier to control those type of things. Much harder to control in humans because you don't really know what the rest of the time people are doing. Okay, we can't block them away, say only do this, only do that. Okay, doesn't work very well. But anyway, in animals, they could do this. So look at what is the benefits potentially in cancer treatments what they use is a kind of a rodent model with rats and breast cancer. What they found is that fasted animals lived much longer. It seemed to protect their normal cells and actually starved the cancer cells. Many, many cancers are actually, they're only, they're energy dependent on sugar. Okay, and fasting subsequently then, we're not taking any calories, insulin levels go down, and so subsequently then the, 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 the cells that can be hurt the most may actually be these cancer cells. And they're more fragile in that, in that if they don't get their energy that they want, sugar, and subsequently then, hey, they're liable to break down, and subsequently then the healthy cells will live longer. Just longevity in general, not anything to do with cancer, but longevity in, in general. What they looked at here is, and again, rodents, they used mice, and what they did was fast them every other day. They actually gave the animals the same amount of calories, the group that got calories every single day, and the group that then was fed every other day. The fasted mice, okay, they actually lived almost twice as long as the non-fasted, that they were given food every day. And again, that acute stress, short fast, may actually be better than kind of the chronic stress or daily calorie restriction subsequently. All right, what about brain health? Okay, fasting actually boosts neuronal autophagy. What does that mean? Is that the, the things that an autophagy means we're auto-eating. Okay, some of the cells are breaking themselves down and subsequently getting rid of them. So it may actually get rid of some of the worst cells. Right? And it tends to increase, fasting increases brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which would be at BDNF. And this molecule tends to help regulate memory, learning, and just overall cognitive function. So it can actually potentially decrease risk of Alzheimer's and memory problems. Right? And just by increasing ketones, when we fast, ketone levels go up. Same thing as a ketogenic diet, but fasting then, actually taking sugar away, subsequently ketones will go up. So increase ketones, beta-hydroxybutyrate, 
it basically is, is neuroprotective. It helps protect not just our brain, but actually throughout our body, all the neurons themselves. So these are all potential kind of benefits with fasting. All right, well, how about exercise? Now, how many times do we have a touch? Gee, you need to have good protein sources around exercise. You need to eat around exercise, kind of keep your, you know, sugar's pretty stable, that kind of thing. And so the general rule has always been eat protein and improve exercise benefits. So again, now if we take all that away, literally we took all food away, can, how could fasting possibly help? Now, just as a little side thing, recommend, I don't, you shouldn't even consider fasting and training together if you're not going to hydrate well, because it won't work well at all. And if you're not going to sleep well, and if you're not going to actually work on becoming fat adapted, low carbohydrate diet and fasting, just a little side here, I'll probably say it again as we go on, but fasting works best using a low carbohydrate diet in between the fast then. And there actually is good evidence that those who actually live in ketosis, meaning very low-carb diets, actually perform better. But you actually have to live that way. So most of us don't, okay, kind of truly live in ketosis, so to speak. Okay? But athletes that actually do live in ketosis may actually find, they do find they're actually better adapted at exercise. Now, part of that actually can be that we are, when we exercise in a fasted state, it actually can, it's, it's working out in a higher stress state, body stress state, and subsequently working out under non-ideal conditions. You may find that you'll actually, in the long run, you actually will benefit from that significantly. Not necessarily that day, but kind of boosting performance down the line by working with additional stress on the body. And you can look at, gee, working out in a hot environment, working out in a cold environment. We're basically stressing our body in a different way with our workouts. And subsequently, then in a fasted state, it can be looked at in that similar fashion, is that you're actually working out in a less than ideal state. And by doing that, you'll improve down the road, not necessarily that day, you may find it harder. So for those of you who are fasting and thinking about exercising, it's like what I encourage you to do is start slow. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do nothing. It means that, okay, you may have to back off your workout a little bit, see how you actually respond to that. If you don't respond well, the answer is easy. You don't work out that hard. If you do respond well, then good, go for it type of thing. Again, hydration is key. So how do you actually do it? Okay, you're choosing a method. You know, if you're thinking about fasting, and I'll start off by saying fasting is a really bad idea immediately after surgery. Okay. Not a good idea at all. Okay, you need to get in what you need to get in. You need to work on it throughout the day. Long-term, fasting is great. Okay, I've been doing it for years. But still, kind of fasting right after surgery is a bad idea. Okay, until you get in what you need. Once you can get in what you need, then adding fasting actually can be very helpful. Right? All right, so back up here again. So fasting, choosing a method, choosing a method. And again, implementation is the only way that any of these theoretical benefits are going to help you. Okay, talking about them is great, but you got to implement. 
that's true with anything in life, I guess. Implementation is absolutely key. Now, you can actually fast for long periods of time. Again, 382 days is the world record. Okay, And literally, we fast every single night. We go to bed. So we go to bed, we go to sleep. And okay, you're probably fasting for 8 to 10 hours anyway. So literally, it's trying to figure out, okay, what between that, that 8 or 10 hours, and 382 days, what's going to be the right time frame for you? Okay. Well, it's kind of something we have to play with and okay, start figuring those things out. Now, if weight loss is your main goal, weight loss is your main goal, then I wouldn't recommend going beyond 48 or 72 hours. Now, most people aren't going to start out doing that anyway. And really, the, the reason, say, it's kind of, you don't want that conversion from acute stress into chronic stress. Okay, where that kind of, I'm utilizing those acute stress hormones I talked about versus when it converts over to this is more chronic stress. And for any individual, that time frame may be different. So from a weight loss perspective, we want to take advantage of acute stress hormones, not be transitioning into the chronic stress hormones. But certainly, again, it can be done indefinitely, and it will work. You know, there's no way for fasting not to work. It will work. So when people come to me and say, yeah, I tried fasting. It didn't work. It was like, well, it was, you're not doing what it needs to be done then. Because there's not a way for it not to work. It will work. It's just, okay, how is it going to work for you? So a couple of rules really need to apply if you're considering fasting. One is you may absolutely need to make sure you get quality sleep. And sleep obviously counts as fasting hours. We're not eating and sleeping at the same time. Hopefully not anyway. Right. When you're eating, you want to eat well. Okay. Fasting won't work well for eating junk. Okay. And it certainly is not a you know, way to kind of help yourself. Gee, I terribly and now I'll fast. It's like, well, that doesn't work well. I assure you that. So you want to eat well. No method is really helpful. No fasting method is helpful. Um, if we're not eating well, it really is just a way, okay, I've decreased my calories, which you, know, you can look at that as potentially that is helpful. All right. Again, fasting much easier to do on a low-carbohydrate diet. Okay, and that's because of control. Low-carbohydrate diets, low-carbohydrate diets tend to prevent blood sugar swings. And if blood sugar swings, it tend to cause the symptoms and the cravings. Okay. So if we can prevent those, fasting is much better tolerance. All right, so what are the common methods that are talked about out there? So we'll talk about a few of these things, but there isn't a right and a wrong method. And again, you have to play with this. So what do they talk about out there? Lean gain, we'll go through kind of lean gains, eat, stop, eat, five, two diet, which really isn't a true fast, feast, then fast, which is typically one day or one meal a day, and alternate day fasting. Okay, lots of different ways to do it. Lean gains typically the 16-8, okay, and you may, may off most, most often hear it called 16-8. What they're referring to is for every 24-hour day is have a certain window where you eat and then a certain bigger window when you don't eat. 16-8 is referring to 16 hours of not eating, fasting, your sleep part is part of that, and then eight hours I only eat during this window, an eight-hour window. So it's a daily 16-hour fast with non-calorie fluids, really push the water there. And then an eight-hour eating window, which, yep, you got to get your high protein in, 
or at least adequate protein in, and subsequently vegetable salad stuff. All right. Now you can narrow the window. Six hours, four hours, two hours. It really, again, you can play with that, you know, what works, and realize we all have a fasting window. Now, it typically is, you know, 10 to 12 hours anyway. So all we're doing is kind of extending that a little bit more. Okay. Each, and that's kind of a, a lifestyle, what people get used to, and they'll do it daily. Okay, they, they eat only during a certain period of time. Yeah, it's kind of a daily thing. Each stop eat is kind of one of those things where uh, you do it a couple times a week. And literally, you don't eat for 24 hours. So you kind of skip a day. So you may, you know, if you eat dinner, then you don't eat, uh, you don't eat for the next 24 hours and you then have dinner again. You pick the time. You know, some people would have a lunch and you have 24 hours or whatever works best for you. And then you need to make sure you break the fast with a normal size meal. That's going to eat, stop eat. Okay, fairly, you know, straightforward. And whether you do it, how many days a week you do that, uh, okay, for weight loss, you can play with that. 5-2 okay. diet, it's kind of okay on my dietary plan. Five days I'm eating on this dietary plan, and the other day is I'm actually cutting the calories way back. So it's not a true fast. Okay. This is something that actually can be done using, like, you know, um, meal replacement shakes. Say on, on two two days of the week, I have, I'm just throwing out an example, say you have two uh, weight ninja shakes. That's all you have. And the other days you eat with meals, okay? So you've cut back your calories on two of the days of the week, only 400 calories, and still get a pretty good protein source then. Eat normal the other five days. It's, again, it's not a true fast, but it's a way to kind of cut back somewhat over the extended period of time without making a huge change. Oh, and it can be very easy for people to do. Feast then fast is kind of having just that one large meal one time a day. That's it. Okay. Basically, you've narrowed the window down to one meal and then fast remaining 24 hours. I mean, some people, oh, you see it sometimes I see it as a warrior eating, that type of thing. Alternate day fasting, that's what's typically used in research. When people do research on fasting, and most of the research is done on fairly young people because they're usually typically at university centers and young people go to universities, and that's where they recruit their people from. It's like, okay, so they do alternate day fasting. It's often used in research. You can eat normally one day and don't eat the next day. So it really is almost a 36-hour fast. And we do this literally from every other day, some research to this, or a couple of times a week. Yeah. These are some of the common methods. Again, there's not a right and a wrong. And if you're looking at fasting, it's you need to start playing with it. All right, so some common questions that always come up with intermittent fasting. Okay. First being, and the very legitimate question is, won't you lose body mass, which we talk about all the time, and you don't want to lose lean body mass. Okay, it works best if you're keto-adapted, and you're on a low-carbohydrate diet anyway. And then again, because fasting is an acute stress hormone, growth hormone goes up, which helps preserve lean body mass. Then uh, you, you probably don't lose lean body mass in that short period of time during that acute stress. Loss of lean body mass occurs over an extended period of time, not any one day. Again, I kind of alluded to this earlier, should you exercise during the fast? And it really depends on your response to exercise. 
What you may want to do is use a light exercise during those fasted days. But you really should stay active because slugs doing nothing on your fasted day, what you'll end up doing is just dwelling on food. You're going to think about food all the time. You need to stay active to kind of distract yourself. How often to fast? Again, it's individual dependent. If you're really looking for weight loss, then it needs to be part of a fairly routine, okay, daily or, you know, 16-8 as a daily. That's a more of a lifestyle versus one or two times a week if you're cutting significantly back. Should you take your vitamins or not? It depends on how well you tolerate your vitamins. If your vitamins tend to upset your stomach and you don't tolerate them, taking them on an empty stomach, then skip those days. Now, vitamin deficiency isn't like isn't a short-term issue, it's a long-term issue. So people don't become vitamin deficient because they missed one day. And so, no, once you missed weeks on end, that's when it becomes a problem. Okay. So it really depends. Do you tolerate your vitamins or not? If you don't, don't bother. Wait till the next day when you're eating. And then who are the people that really shouldn't fast, which we would definitely recommend not fasting? If they're under really high stress, if they're already overtraining, if you chronically have really poor sleep, or you're kind of at sad diet is a you know standard American diet. Standard American diet won't tolerate fasting very well. One, you'll be miserable because you feel like you're starving. Okay. But still, you need to kind of change making those healthy lifestyle changes ahead of time. Or other people that if you're already underweight. Well, that shouldn't be a good idea to fast. If you're pregnant, don't fast. If you're breastfeeding, don't fast. And it's never been recommended for children who are growing fairly quickly to fast. And probably not a good idea if they can avoid it. All right, so kind of what are the advantages? I'm just going to list these out. There are some real advantages to intermittent fasting. And part of them is as it's available to anyone, anytime, immediately. So it's available absolutely immediately to everyone. I'm not telling you to get something or buy a bunch of things or plan this. It's like, no, we're telling you to not do something. Eat. It is simple. Not eat. I mean, so it's not like you have to study up on that, do you? And it is effective. It will work. So there's no skill involved. There's absolutely no skill involved. It's just doing it. It's free. So anybody could do it doesn't cost a darn thing. And literally, because you're not buying these other meals, you're going to save money. So it's not only free, it actually saves you money. It's convenient, meaning that you can do it anywhere, anytime, any place. Okay? And it literally saves time. Dude, not only saves money, it saves time. You don't have to, I'm not shopping for this food that I'm not eating today. I'm not preparing this food that I'm not eating today. And it's certainly flexible. You can do it anywhere, anytime. You can also add it to any single diet. You may say, you know, I talk about low-carb diets all the time, but you can say, you know, Dr. Clark's an idiot. Low-carb diet's the worst thing in the world, but you can add it to any diet. It doesn't matter what diet you're on. You can add it to any diet. It can make part of any diet. And it also is unlimited power, meaning that you decide. Okay, There's nobody telling you how to do it. You decide. Okay? And so subsequently, it's completely your decision. You decide, you want to do it, don't want to do it. Decide how long you want to do it. Hey, and then I may stop doing it. You can do it whenever you want to or don't want to. So literally, you decide. It is completely under your power. And when people have power over things, it, it makes it easier. 
is your decision. You decide whether you keep going or not keep going. Nobody has to know. So intermittent fasting, just kind of generalities overall. Intermittent fasting, don't use intermittent fasting as a self-punishment. I kind of alluded to this earlier. It does not work well as a self-punishment for bad eating or to make up for a poor diet. Or, gee, I had a bad weekend, now I'm going to fast. It's like, that. it's not going to work well for you. But for any individual, you need to determine, one, how long to do it and how often to do it. No one else can figure it out for you. I can't tell you what you should do. And it's going to keep that. You have to play with it and work with it and kind of go with it. Okay. Now, having said that, what do I do? Okay. I, you know, I typically don't do that 16, eight type of thing. What I do is I do, I typically, and I've done this for years, typically, and it's usually Wednesday. What I typically do is I, at Tuesday night or Tuesday evening when I'm done eating, I don't eat for the next really close to 36 hours till Thursday morning. When I first started doing it, I was trying to do a 24-hour fast. And so, yeah, Tuesday night, I wouldn't, I'd stop eating. And then, okay, Wednesday night, I'd look, okay, I'm going to eat now, have my dinner. It was a 24-hour fast. What I found, though, is when I got to that Wednesday evening, that I was starving. And I'd eat anything that wasn't nailed down. And I thought it was actually much easier if I went in with the mindset that, okay, I'm not going to eat on that Wednesday evening. And so subsequently then, if I could ignore that and got through the next couple hours, go to bed, wake up, and I went hungry. So wake up Thursday morning, and it wasn't like I felt like I had to eat a bunch of stuff. I was like, no, I could have my normal, and I typically do a shake for breakfast. That's just what I typically do. And so and I was satisfied completely with that. And it's kind of, once I got used to doing that, it wasn't hard at all. And I was like, no, it's just kind of a mindset. And you do have to adjust and change your mindset and adjust your mindset that it's very doable. And once you do, it's not so hard. But anything we practice gets easier. It doesn't mean it was easy to start with. It wasn't. It was hard. But after a while, I got used to it. And you know what to expect. Great. One of the greatest things I find with fasting is that it teaches us to it teaches us hunger tolerance, meaning that hunger, again, I've said this many times, hunger is just sensation. Starvation is life-threatening. Hunger is not. Hunger is just a sensation. If we can tolerate hunger, it makes things a lot easier. Well, we're just delaying when you're going to eat. All right. So a few top tips for intermittent fasting. Drink lots of water. Yeah, I've said that a few times. Then. Drink lots of water. Number two, stay busy. If you're a slug or if you're just sitting around, you're just going to think about food. Okay? So drink lots of water, stay busy, ride out the hunger waves, distract yourself. Again, hunger is just a sensation. It's not like hunger keeps going up, 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 up. It doesn't. It's like, no, we get hungry, but then if we're distracted, typically hunger goes away. And an hour later, you're not hungry anymore. Okay? I encourage you, don't tell people, especially if they're not supportive, don't tell people that you're doing it. Because they're just going to say you're crazy. You know, they're going to tell about, you know, talk about how crazy you are for trying this. And I would avoid trying to do it during high stress times. Stress, high stress and fasting don't go along well together. Okay. But give yourself time to really kind of work in practicing it. Okay. And it does take practice. I do encourage you to make sure on a low carb diet in between the fasting periods reduces hunger 
it, you don't get the blood sugar swings. It makes fasting much, much easier. Don't break your fast by binging. And sometimes like, okay, I'm gonna when I get then I'm gonna eat like crazy for you know it's like no. You want to break the fast gently. And part of that is figuring out timing. When does it work well for you? And what we need to do is fit fasting into your life. Don't change your life to fit around your fasting schedule. Change your fasting schedule to fit around your life. So it's like just myself as an example. If for some reason, gee, I find, you know, on Wednesday, I normally fast, but we have some little dinner meeting I need to go to. It's like, okay, so I'll break my fast. Again, nobody knows except for me, but, and who cares? I could do it the next day. Yeah, I can adjust my fasting schedule to life. Don't make, you know, fasting, don't make fasting fit into that, a schedule that isn't going to work well. Right? Adjust those things. And nobody has to be perfect. Nobody has to know either. So a little thought to live by, kind of by Mark Twain. Mark Twain said this, a little starvation can really do more for the average sick man than can the best medicines and the best doctors. Mark Twain certainly wasn't a physician, but he's a pretty smart guy. Anyway, he wrote a whole bunch of stuff, as you probably know. So a little starvation can really do more for the average sick man than can the best medicines and the best doctors. Question, let me see then questions out there. We kind of ran over a little bit, um, but if you have questions, don't hesitate, pick up the phone, write them down, send them in, text, whatever, email, doesn't matter. Um, so, but fasting can be a part of a good, healthy life plan. Fasting by itself is not a weight loss plan. Let's keep that in mind. All right. Very good. And push the water. If you're thinking of fasting, really push the water. All right. Very good. Let's see. I think we are done. So, yeah, make sure you're coming by. Well, I guess in the COVID times here, you kind of can't just walk by anytime. But I do encourage you to check body composition. Should be logging into the membership site. You should be receiving the, the weight loss tips as well as the recipes. Tune in each Tuesday, 1215 for the next webinar. Watch your email for the invite and link. And remember, it's your life. Make it a healthy one. Have a good day, everyone. Take care.